Well, I hope you shared the video because I'm getting ready to go into the word of the Lord. And it is what is called Palm Sunday, yes. Sister Sherry. It's a good Sunday. It's a good Sunday. And the reason why it is called that is because this is the day that begins what is known as Passion Week. On Friday, Jesus would have gone to Calvary and died. And three days later, he would have rose again mm -hmm. with all power. But, you know, we get hindsight. We get the whole story. But the week prior, he was riding into Jerusalem. And that is what has become known as Palm Sunday right. because the people came out. Uh, the crowds were so large and they picked their palm branches and they dropped it at his feet. Uh, I want to just go over this story. Um, it is found in several of the Gospels, but I'm going to go in the book of Luke today, chapter 19, uh, from, a verse, from a, around verse number 28. And it says, after Jesus had said this, he had went ahead going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethpage and Bethany, all, right, all the hill, uh, uh, at the hill called Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying, go to the village ahead of you. And as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there and no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks, why are you doing this? Tell them the Lord has need of it. I'm going to read on in a minute. I want to stop right there. To give you some context of what's happening, Bethany is a place where Jesus' good uh, friends are. Mm -hmm. These friends, you might remember them, Mary, Martha, and their brother, Lazarus. Lazarus is famous because Lazarus experienced death. And when Lazarus was dead, the Bible says this, that Jesus waited until he was dead. I, You know, uh, when Jesus showed up, the sister ran out and said, if you had only come earlier... None of this would happen. And that story always reminds me that God is in charge. Right. You see, sometimes it looks like God is not answering our prayers. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it looks like God is late. But I want you to know that God, who is eternal, can come whenever he wants. Mm -hmm. The old folks used to say it like this. He may not come when you want him to, but he is always on time. And God's time is the right time. And when he showed up, the Bible says that he went to Lazarus' grave and they said uh, uh, that he asked them, show me where you laid him. And he went to Lazarus' grave and Lazarus was dead four days in there. And when he got there, the Bible said that Jesus wept. That's a very powerful verse because... I tell you, I've been researching it for many years as to why would the God of the universe, why would the, 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 the son, the part of the triune nature of God, why would he weep? This is one of the times where we saw Jesus wept. We're going to see another time in a minute where Jesus wept. And so he cried, the Bible said, over Lazarus' tomb. Uh, people have asked me, why did Jesus cry? And I tell them, I said, I can imagine because the Bible says Jesus, like, like a man, has been touched by every feeling that we have felt. Right. So he must have felt what the sting of death feels like. Mm. 
Death has a sting. When you lose a loved one, when you lose a family member, it hurts. And Jesus loved Lazarus. And so I could imagine in his humanity, he felt what humans feel. But I also know that he made a statement after and from what they were saying in his divinity, they couldn't recognize who they had among them. Sometimes when you don't recognize who Jesus is, you go through unnecessary problems on your own. Now, it doesn't mean these problems don't show up, fear and anxiety. They do, but you don't have to carry them. There's somebody who says that I can carry that load for you if you hand it over to me. And so I wonder if in his divinity, by them saying, if you had only come here earlier, if when he wept as a man because he was feeling the hurt, but as God, he said this, I am the resurrection and the life. That though you were dead, those that believe in me, though you were dead, you shall live again. So I wonder if as, a, as God, he was saying to, to himself, I, you know, they don't know that death is no match for me. That the cure for death, that the sting of death, the answer for it is standing right here. And so he wept because, uh, like I said, I've been exhausted that wept because probably the answer was there, but they were blinded to it. But Jesus brought Lazarus right up out of the grave. And the fame of that story begun to spread. And Jesus decided to take a visit back to his old friend Lazarus. The one that he brought back from the dead. Where Lazarus was located was on the way to Jerusalem. And so he stopped by there and the crowds begun to hear that Jesus had showed back up in town. Mm. Now Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. And many people who heard this said, we got to see who this man is. Mm. This healer, this water walker, this, this, this God who brings people back to life. This, this man who said, if you destroy this temple, I'll build it back in three days. All this, who is this man? And his fame at this point was climactic. This was what Jesus had come to do. And so Jesus says, it is time for me to go up to Jerusalem. Now he was well aware that he was going to die. Jesus was aware that he was going to die and he decides it's time for us to go. The story starts very strangely. There are many characters in the story, but there's one character in particular that gets overlooked and that is the colt or the donkey in the story. Jesus was not even in the other town as yet. And he called two of his disciples together, a couple of his disciples, two of them. And he said to them, I want you, and here were the instructions, to go into another town, a town where he was not there. He said, when you get there, you will find a donkey tied up. I want you to loose him. And when anybody asks you, why are you doing this? Tell them the master has need of it. Sister Sherry, I want to pause right there because I've preached this sermon so many times, but it took on a new meaning. Mm. If the God that we serve knows the location of a donkey, he didn't even go there yet. But because he's God, he knew where the location of this animal was. And if God not only knew the location, but he knew the condition of the animal, he knew it was tied up. 
Listen to me, brothers and sisters. You are worth way more to God than, than a donkey, than an animal. Than, and, and if God knows the location of that animal, he knows where you are presently right now. And he also knows your condition. Yes. He knows what you're dealing with right now. I take it for, for uh, I don't take it for granted there are people that might have lost loved ones tuning in right now. God knows you're dealing with that. I don't take it for granted that right now you have to go to work and you're probably dealing with anxiety, wondering to yourself, how in the world am I supposed to work under these conditions? God knows this condition of your mind. Yes. Some of you are worried right now because a family member might have been diagnosed with COVID-19. That didn't take God by surprise. Right. God knows what we're dealing with. Some of us are quarantined. Suicidal thoughts are creeping in for people right. who are living alone. Right. God knows the condition of your mind. Yes. God knows that some families are having a traumatic time right now. God knows who's hungry. Yes. God knows who doesn't have groceries. Yes. God knows who is in their home. Uh, the marriage has been bad before now and now it's even worse because now you're forced to deal with each other. God knows every condition. He knows your location and he knows your condition. And here is what he said to the disciples. Untie the animal. God is not only aware of the location and the condition. See, it's one thing for somebody to know your location and your condition. You see, pastor calls you on the phone and I know your location and I know your condition. But I, as a mere human, I'm powerless to help you. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I am powerless to bring you out of the condition you're in. I am powerless in my humanity to help you overcome fear and anxiety and, and comfort that you need right now. I am powerless. But here's the difference between me and the God that we serve. That he not only knows your location and your condition, but he has power to untie whatever has been tying your hand. God is able to take fear from you today. Yes. God is able to send the Holy Spirit to comfort you if yes. you're mourning today. God is able to take beauty and give it in place of ashes. Hallelujah. God is able to turn mourning into joy. Amen. God is able to turn a pandemic, hallelujah, into a, a, a time of rejoicing. Hallelujah. Amen. God is able to restore. God is able to relieve. I thank God that we don't serve a dead God today. Amen. You serve a God who is alive and well. And he says, tell the uh, uh, people when they ask, why are you untying it? Here's the power behind it. Yes. Because the master has need of it. The yes. master has need Lord. of your life today. Yes. The master had need of an animal. Yes. And that animal was significant, Sister Sherry. Mm. Let me tell you why biblically that animal was prophesied in the book of Zechariah mm. that behold your king will come riding on this animal yeah. and so this animal who was tied up who had the bible said never been ridden on which means was overlooked mm. nobody ever thought that to use him never ridden on mean that he had never had what he might have been there and saw every other animal being used for whatever purpose right. but he had never been ridden on and all of a sudden, the master said, I had need of him. And they put clothes on this uh, colt's back. Mm. And guess who mounted this animal? Jesus. Let me tell you what Jesus was getting ready to do. Mm. 
The world was plagued. Humanity was plagued by a virus called sin. This is the reason death prevails over us. Sin had caused mankind to live with everything that is plaguing you today. The reason behind it is there's a reason behind a reason. And if you trace it all the way back, it's to the main problem, the root of the problem. Sister Sherry, you know, sometimes when I do some cleaning up outside, mm. you might find some grass in between those hard places. Mm. And in, in, in the crevices of the concrete and you want to get rid of it. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes what you would do is try to cut it. But within a matter of days, it grows back. Right. You know, the reason it grows back is because you have just uh, trimmed the top mm -hmm. to kill something, to get rid of something. You got to get it from the root. Mm -hmm. And so, so, so if you really want to get rid of the grass, you run to Home Depot and you get some things that kill it from the root. You kill it from the root and the thing will never have an, right. a, a sprout. Right. It would right. never spring up again. Right. And God did not come just to kill the top and to That's fix symptoms. Yep, yep. God just don't want to get rid of symptoms, mm. but he wanted to kill the problem from the root and the problem was sin. Yes. And here comes the cure. Right. I feel like preaching today, Sister Sherry. I got to calm down because you know when you're preaching to a camera, it's a little different. <laughs> Hallelujah. But if you're with me today, you can shout amen by typing amen in there today. You can, you can shout amen. But, 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 but the cure was now riding on a donkey that was tied up in a bad condition. You know what that tells me, Sister Sherry? Mm. That donkey was carrying the cure. Mm. That donkey became an essential worker. Y'all nice. hear what I'm saying in this place. Amen. Overlooked, but yes. became important all of a Amen. sudden. Forgotten about, but all of a sudden was very important right. in society. Because here's what he was doing. He was bringing hope. You know, we have so many people today that we overlook. The bus driver that yes. we've often seen, we overlook them. The people that drive trains, yeah. we take them for granted. Hallelujah. Yeah. The people that, the nurses that we see on the trains going to work, all the doctors, we take them for granted. We take all these people. People, the people that stock our groceries, yeah. the truck drivers, all of them we take for granted. But all of a sudden, they're the ones who is bringing us food and yeah. trying to find a cure and making sure that the systems of the world still run so that we don't go into tremendous depression. Mm. They have become important. And I want you to know that that was the same case. This animal became an essential worker mm. carrying a cure. Yeah. Oh, but the story changes because... Here's what the Bible says. The Bible, I, 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 I'm preaching good, Sister Sherry. Very good. Can I get an amen, amen. from my, you my only church, amen. Sherry. You my only, can, can I get a hallelujah? Hallelujah. I need you to run up and down. Oh. I'm joking. Let me get back to my message. But <laughs> Here's what the Bible says, the rest of the story of this entry and what happens. The Bible says that uh, when they brought the animal to him, they threw it and he said the Lord needed it. And we drop down to about verse 37. He says, when he came near the place where the road goes up to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. So they had heard about Lazarus. And so the crowds were coming out now. They were rejoicing. Is this the Jesus? Now in their minds, they're thinking that this same Jesus is able to overthrow their oppressors. See, they were under the rulership of the Roman Empire. And they didn't want to be under uh, uh, anybody's uh, uh, captivity. They wanted to break free. They wanted to break free from the unfair taxes and treatment they were getting. So 
finally, here comes a miracle worker, mm. a person who surely could be the king. As he's going, there's three sets of people in this crowd. First, there's the people who says, we want him. They shouted, the Bible says, Hosanna. Mm. That word Hosanna means save us now. And so what they were saying is, can you save us? But they weren't asking to be saved from the real issue. They said, we just want you to break the oppression. Mm. The second set of people in there were the Pharisees, the religious people. Mm. They were the people who said uh, this. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that the Pharisees spoke up, and it's right here in the book of Luke. Hallelujah. The Pharisees spoke up and they said, silence these people from shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And Jesus turned to the Pharisees and he says, if I silence them, then the very rocks will cry out and praise my name. You see, God is worthy of praise. And this was a glorious moment that even nature was recognizing. But God told the Pharisees, I will not silence them because this is what I am worthy of. But you see, the Pharisees didn't understand that everything they have ever studied in the law and every scripture they had ever studied was right in front of them. Mm. All they could see was that Jesus was messing up their church. Right, right. And I tell you what, as a pastor, I could relate to the Pharisees today because I, I look up to heaven and I say, what you doing, God? Mm. Because you're messing up the church. The mm. church has to relocate and do service online. And now, but you see, the Lord had to check me and said, uh, son... I am the one who will build a church and the Amen. gates of hell will not prevail. And so sometimes your religion can cause you to think God is messing up the church. Right. When the God of why the church exists is right there. And then finally there were the disciples. Mm. I mean, these boys were excited because Jesus was rolling with them for the last three years. Right. And they were arguing things like, who's going to sit at your right side when you become king? Mm. And look at what the Bible says when he finished his, his, his um, riding towards Jerusalem. And as he approached Jerusalem, he saw the city. Oh, oh, watch this, Sister Sherry. And he wept over it. Jesus cried again. And this time, here's why he cried. And he said, if you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace. So he's crying here. Because even though they're saying the right things, they don't expect him to, and let me say this correctly, they're saying the right things, but they're saying it for their personal benefits, mm. and they're missing the purpose for why Jesus came. Mm. You know, you can see something, and you can miss the purpose of the thing you're seeing. Mm. And unless your perspective changes right. on the situation, you would, you would be disappointed. Mm. Let me tell you why. Mm. Because they're shouting, save me. And they're expecting him to go overthrow Rome. Mm. The disciples are expecting to become rulers in the new political world that mm. he would create. But a week later, all of their expectancy seemed to be shattered because Jesus is hanging on a cross. Right. And as he's hanging on a cross, those who shouted to save us were actually now shouting, if you're not going to deliver us, crucify him. Right. The crowd changed. Yeah. 
and see, sometimes when you don't see Jesus for what he's doing, mm. you can actually become bitter at Jesus. And in this season, if you're not careful, the enemy will want to plant in your mind that God is not working for you. Right. Because you're shouting, save me, save me, save me, save me. And sometimes it might not go the way you plan, right. but it doesn't mean it's not going the way God plans. And so the problem is that sometimes we got to shift our perspective. Here are the disciples. One week later, before he was even taken to the cross, all of them, when they saw Jesus arrested, when they saw him flogged, when they saw the, the crown of thorns in his head, they fled. And God has a way in the middle of crisis to make it look like it's getting worse. But I want you to know that Sunday is on the way. Amen. I'm preaching my Good Friday Amen. message already. And so the Bible says that Jesus stopped at the end of this triumphant ride while they're worshiping him, while everybody's ecstatic. And he begins to cry as he looks at the city because he says, if you only know what was available to you today. In other words, here's what Jesus was saying. If you only saw it from my perspective, you would know that I've already, I'm the savior of the world. Right. That I'm everything you've ever wanted. Right. I'm the hope. I'm the cure. Right. I didn't just come to overthrow a government. Right. I came to overthrow the kingdom of darkness. Right. I didn't come just to set you free from oppression of a ruler. I came to break the bonds of sin and what right. it does to your life. Right. I didn't come just to let you sit at my right hand at a political party. But I came to make you join ears to the kingdom of God. Amen. They didn't see that. And he Amen. said, if they only knew what was available to them. And the Bible said he wept. And I want to say this, that faith, Sister Sherry, is not getting God to be on your side. But faith is God getting you to be on his side. Right. Let me explain what I mean by that. Some of us pray and we want God to jump on our side and do it the way we want. And so when it doesn't go the way we want, we feel like God has failed us. But faith has nothing to do with you telling God what to do. Faith has everything to do with God giving you a glimpse of how he sees the world. And let me tell you this. The more I hear news and the more I see how complex and complicated our world is, God has a very big job. Amen. And I know that he promises that in the end, it will work together. Right. You see, think of it like this. We get glimpses of the picture God has the entire picture. Right. And in moments, those moments, they hurt us. Those moments are, are frustrating. Those moments drive us crazy. Mm. But in those moments, those moments are not the whole picture. Right. God is able to take all these pieces and put it together. And in the end, he guarantees you this. That if you see it from my perspective, all things work together for good. And so faith is not you seeing your moment and being mad at God because he won't see it the way you see it. 
Faith is you saying, in spite of this moment, God is in charge. God of the universe still sits on the throne. God is still working on my behalf. Even though I'm going through dark times right now, God is not in dark times. As a matter of fact, he knows how to even take this moment and work it together for good, for the glory of God. And I want you to know that's the God we serve. He wept. Here's what the Bible says. I'm getting ready to close. The Bible says, watch this, in the book of John, chapter 12, right? It says that the same story, it gives a different perspective on the disciples. The Bible says in the book of John, chapter 12, that after he had done all these things, they didn't understand. But after he had arose from the dead, they understood and believed. And every one of these men became essential workers. Let me tell you. Every one of these men, when he died, was gone. But when he rose from the dead and their perspective changed, they began to become on fire. What you need today is to have the perspective of heaven. I'm not saying that you won't go through. But... I promise you, God will lead you too. You understand what I'm saying? It's not that you won't go through, but God will give you joy, peace, and strength to get to where you need to go. These disciples went through, but, but they became different because they saw that the God they serve did the job. He defeated death. Death can no longer reign. So these men begun to preach with a fervor and in the face of trials, in the face of persecution, beaten, flogged, thrown into prison, bitten by snakes, poison in their system, shipwrecked. They preached differently because they know the song we sang, he has won the victory. I want you to know today that our God has won the victory. And if you shift your perspective, you will begin to see that God is in charge. I want to close in prayer today. I want to close in prayer today and I want to pray for you. And I want you to take a second right now, if you're watching, to type your prayer requests. And Savannah, I'm going to ask you to write them down as they come up. And I'm going to pray over them. Amen. Here's some paper. My wonderful crew that is working. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And we're going to pray today for you and your family. We're going to pray as you um, begin to put your prayer requests down at the bottom. Right? Shift your perspective. God is working. The same God that is able to untie an animal is able to untie whatever is controlling your mind right now. I just need you to shift your perspective. Uh We're going to pray, and I want you to write your prayer requests down. As you're writing them down in a minute, I'll see them and I'll pray over them. But right now, what I want to do is if you're watching this telecast and you're fearful and you're struggling with anxiety, why don't you make it right with the Lord Jesus today? That in uncertain times, you can be certain of one thing, that your soul is well with the Lord. I want to give you an opportunity to ask Christ Jesus to come into your heart today. And make him the Lord of your life. The Lord will come. He will wash away all your sins. And the Lord promises that you will have eternal life. And that you will be with him 
uh, God, the kingdom of heaven will come into your life here on earth and you will have uh, a hope beyond the grave. Amen. Would you pray with me today? And then in a minute, I'm going to look at your prayer request and I'm going to pray. Pray with me, Sister Sherry, and repeat after me. Say, Father God, Father God I ask you. I you to come into my heart to come into my heart be the lord of my life be the lord of my life forgive me of every sin forgive me of every sin i thank you that you went on the cross I thank you that you went on the cross and that you died for me and that you died for me and god i put my faith and god i put my faith and trust in you and trust in you that you have the whole picture that you have the whole picture i don't want to I don't want to just serve you, just serve you so you can do what I say. So you can do what I say. But I want to do, do what you say. What you say. I want to see, see through your eyes. Through your eyes. I, want to be able I want to be able to have the peace, to have the peace that, you give. that you give. And so I ask you to come into my heart. So I ask you to come into my heart. Touch me right touch now. Touch me right now. In Jesus' in mighty Jesus name. name. Amen. Amen. Well, if you said that prayer, we want you to know that. You are saved, and now the Holy Spirit will lead you. But get in touch with us because we want to disciple you. Inbox us. Send us an email at churchcityusa.gmail.com. I pray that you were blessed by that. We're getting ready to pray. Oh. But I pray that you were blessed by that, Sister Sherry. I was blessed. I'm always blessed.